everybody, this is Townsend. Thank you so much for tuning in. The goal of this podcast is to cover a vast variety of topics regarding mental health, struggles, share people's stories, and hopefully remind you that you're not alone. I hope you enjoy. All right, so this is my buddy Jess. We're going to chit chat about grieving. So something that everybody goes through, and I feel like we're never really taught what healthy grieving is, but we all go through it. So I thought it was super important to bring it to the table, chit chat about it with a licensed professional counselor. So I'm going to let you introduce yourself, Jess. Tell us what your title is, what your experience with mental health is, why I got you on here, girl. Okay. I am a a licensed professional counselor um, and also a clinical supervisor here in Arkansas. And I have worked in a variety of settings, therapeutic settings, since 2008. Uh, but now I have a private practice in Fayetteville, um, working on a book about grief, and I'm currently I'm currently um, working uh, toward getting a certification uh, to be a well, to be a certified grief counselor. Yeah. Okay. So we talked about it earlier. What What are the steps into getting a specialty, especially in something like grief? Yeah, so uh, basically I'm going through a program where uh, there are four classes and each class um, is about 30 hours of work, um, take tests and stuff like that. And um, yeah, and then I'll be a certified grief. So very cool. So you can treat like focusing on everything, but grief is your main like specialty, right? That's right. specialization yet but that it's definitely you know a lot of counselors kind of go toward um you know something that that they're passionate about and and grief um happens to be one of mine and so and and basically all counselors are trained to to help people in grief um but i've found that not excuse me not all therapists uh, really want to do that um it's actually pretty hard work um, in terms of the amount of emotion that's involved. Um, But it's interesting because um, I think it's because it's a passion of mine. I actually feel energized when I work with people. I imagine it's a pretty daunting task, but rewarding at the same time, because I feel like you can definitely see the lines between somebody struggling and somebody getting better, like seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. I feel like that'd be cool, but really hard. Because I, I give counselors so much credit because I just, I just can't imagine. I love it. I am crazy interested in mental health, people, community. But I feel like I have my own stuff to do with. So I can't imagine like carrying everyone else's burden with me, even though I'm a six Enneagram. So I do it anyway and I don't get paid for it. But that's a different topic for a different day. Okay. So what made you, I know you kind of said, um, it was just an area that you love, but what made you choose grief? Like why grief? That's such a, gosh, I don't even know the word to use. It's such a hard subject. One that we're all scared to kind of deal with too terribly much. So what made you focus on that? Right. Um, probably the catalyst was, um, losing my mom in, in 2014, in October of 2014. Um, but I've also had a lot of loss in my life that starts way back. Um, when I was like in fifth grade, I lost a classmate. Um, and then, um, lost my grandmother, my mom's mother, um, in 1999. Um, and she was just, she was everything to our family. Um, she was the 
Kessler, the one that kept everything going. And um, when she died, you know, people, people in my family were like, we just need to be, we just need to be upbeat. We need to remember her happy. We need to remember happy memories and stuff like that, which is not a bad thing. Um, but there, you know, there are people like me who are very sensitive and, um, and it's hard not to, to cry and, and, and feel all those things. And so, um, so anyway, that grief, uh, sort of the grief about my grandmother sort of got stuck in me, um, actually. And, and I think of a lot of people in our family because we didn't really deal with it. And, um, it was, I mean, I carried that around probably for like 10 years until finally I went, I was in graduate school and kind of broke loose, uh, as I was studying my family. And so I was, I was like, I do not want to do grief like that again. Um, and when my dad died in 2008, I was like, we're going to do this differently. Um, and we did do a lot of things differently. And then when, when we lost my mom, um, we definitely did things differently. Um, it was very much about like with my nephews, it was very much about allowing every emotion to come out and to talk about it. And, and, um, even still now, like when we talk about her, sometimes we'll get tearful and, um, you know, it's, that's okay. Um, like, I think I just wanted to normalize that and into my professional life. I, I sort of, I just wanted to, um, take what I've learned as both a person and a professional and just help other people with it. I think my mom was proud that, that I'm using something that was so devastating to me, um, you know, in, in, in a way that's helping other people. Absolutely. We talked about this, but I feel like in America, we're raised to kind of push it under, swipe it under the rug. Like we've got work to do. I actually, um, when my grandmother passed away, another story, um, it was really interesting because a family member, she passed away on a Friday or we had the funeral, everything like that on a Friday, everybody's super sad. The entire family is in town. And then one of the family members on Monday was like, it's time to get back to work. Like, why are we still sad? Let's keep going. And that really brought to my attention, like how America functions and we aren't raised to know really how to healthily deal with grief. And with age, I've kind of learned, like, you just kind of wing it the best you can. And there are moments for me, you know, I lost Terrence. Um, I told you this story earlier, but one of the biggest things for me was I, I booked a gig and our bodies are our biggest reminders. And I didn't even know that was a certain date. I didn't know anything was going on. Booked a gig, got on stage. My mind was numb. There was nothing, nothing. And I just had to stare at the lyrics, read them word for word because I couldn't focus on what song I was singing. I couldn't focus on the notes plus the words plus the presence of the people is really weird it's something I hadn't experienced before and it's because I wasn't taught that your body's a reminder of traumatic events and it happened to be around Terrence's birthday and so I remember coming home and being like what is my deal like I'm so in a fog and when I looked at the calendar and really took time it happened to be uh, an important event and so I feel like reminding people that things like that happen and that's totally normal you're not crazy um, let's kind of go off of that. So we talked about stages of grief. People talk about, you know, you've got six, seven stages of grief. You're, you're angry and then you're in denial and then, all right. So 
true or false there are stages through grief that you're going to go through right um actually uh healing um from anything and especially with grief is not linear it's it, yeah it's more this i've got this um handout that i give to a lot of my clients and that i i share with um other counselors when i teach when i teach about grief but it's like this swirling kind of vortex of you know you're going to go through you know denial and sadness and anger and stuff like that but it swirls back it's you know and it takes a while for it to kind of swirl and, and like come out you know into different different ways of thinking and being and feeling uh, but yeah it's not exactly it's it's not exactly linear it's not linear um uh the the woman who talked about stages was elizabeth kubler ross and her original um kind of the group that she was looking at was people who had found out that they were dying and so you know in that context there probably are a little bit more like you know stages in terms of like denial and bargaining and I can't, you know, please don't let this be happening and sadness and anger and, and all that. Um, and later she wrote a book, <clears throat> excuse me, called On Grief and Grieving. And she talked about um, the, you know, the stages that she talked about in the original book were not meant to be like a, a roadmap to healing um, that somebody should follow so that it's not, you know, like, oh, I'm not doing it right if I don't, if I'm not doing it in this order, because it's not like that. Um, I feel like people took those stages as like set in stone. So it's crazy to see. She was like, no, no, no. Y'all read this wrong. You didn't read the fine print. It right. really wasn't for you day to day. So what are some coping mechanisms? This is kind of where we left off earlier. Some coping strategies or mechanisms that people could use for grieving. Like, what are some things that are going to help them out in that moment? Right. I think um, I think that one of the most important things is for us to um, actually feel the feelings. Right. To to not try to try to um, push them down. So, and and you know, there are emotions. A lot of emotions, actually, that people call wrong emotions or bad emotions or whatever hard emotions it you know and they're not bad they're just they're just um just difficult um like anger and sadness and stuff like that and so yeah just being able to feel it and um you know give your give yourself space and time to to actually feel all of it because if you don't like I was talking about my grandmother like if if you don't it sort of gets it, it can get stuck and then it kind of gets complicated and and complex and and often that's when somebody needs to see a therapist is you know just I can't seem to you know I'm just stuck in one of the one of the hard emotions a lot of times you know and, and they can't um function like they like go to work and and go to social events and, and and those kinds of things yeah absolutely i feel like that can happen for me i slip it all under the rug fake the smile so fake it till you make it and what ended up happening is it started like bubbling out all my orifices so my ears and my nose and everything and i just started 
having bouts of like, I would be really short fused, which is not like me at all. I would be, um, I had some bouts of anxiety, which is also not really like me to have anxiety to that degree. And so I realized like I wasn't facing my feelings at all. I was just sweeping them under the rug. And one of our favorite books, uh, Jess, you know, I got to give a shout out to is Untamed. So Glennon Doyle, my favorite thing that she says in there is that feelings are meant to be felt. And that's why we have them. We're human beings. We have these complex emotions, these complex feelings, and we just try to ignore them. We try to numb them with social media. We try to numb them with all these vices and things like that, but they're meant to be felt. And I love how you say grief is not linear. I, I imagine in my head, this just like bird's nest of messy wires everywhere because that's how grief is. Like some days you're good, you're gold. You used um, earlier the analogy of the ocean, which I love. And so sometimes the ocean is going to be really hard and it's going to knock you off your feet. And then sometimes it's going to be, it's going to be kind of calm and that's normal. It's normal to have those days. So I love that you talked about that. Um, so what are some common things you see when people come in so like maybe some common signs that people are grieving pretty badly yeah um i, th I think the probably the most common one is that people um just can't they do get stuck in something like sadness like a lot of crying again um grief is not a mental illness so crying is normal Feeling anger, feeling all these things are normal parts of grief, but just like they can't, like they're crying so much they can't go to work, for instance, or or they get anxious, or or they get depressed, or like you just said, you know, um, someone who isn't short fused is, you know, as as a result of their grief, um, really sort of lashing out in in ways that just aren't like them, and um yeah i think that those are those are probably the two big ones that i see in terms of you know or sometimes people it's interesting sometimes people come in and say you know i had this loss and i don't feel anything um and they're worried about it and to be honest with you that could be part of you know a normal grief process is that it maybe hasn't completely hit you yet or, or whatever so and every everybody does does it differently everybody grieves differently so i just don't want to pathologize um normal grief because it's not we all go through it oh yeah absolutely all right so let's go back so i we were talking about coping strategies and everything for grieving do you feel like journaling is a good one so you were talking about feeling your feels spending time like you had a good support system of friends so i was talking about if you don't have that good of a support system some people are like hardcore journaling is a great way to do things do you feel like that's good for people going through grieving that may or may not have friends as an option yeah for sure um i think that journaling is good if you like to write i think journaling is good i think um you know some people like to create art i know that you create music um and that you did create music out of your grief um i still do actually one of your latest songs is about you know the the next steps on your on your journey um after losing terrence and so yeah just um connecting with something that that makes you feel alive still um 
you know, there are a lot of communities have grief groups through hospice. Um, so that's sometimes an option and the ones here in Northwest Arkansas are free to people. So that's a, that's something to look into. Um, and like we were talking about before, I mean, even if it hasn't gotten quote unquote bad, you know, you still could reach out to a counselor if you felt like you needed to, to talk to someone about, you know, how hard it's, how hard it is for you. you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Hey there. Thank you so much for tuning in to You're Not Alone with Townsend. If you're enjoying these live streams and podcasts and want to see them continue, head over to patreon.com slash townsendtmusic. Your support means that the research and time and effort that goes into each one of these episodes can continue, and we can reach out to more guests and do more awesome things in 2022. All right, back to the conversation. So what would you give, let's say, you know, we talked about earlier your time frame of grief there's there's not a timeline on it so for me i've experienced a lot of people um friends or loved ones going through a hard time and other friends being like okay it's been too long you got to get out of the house and like trying to force people to do things or drag them out of the house or whatever it may be what would be your advice to loved ones of someone struggling or going through grief mm. Yeah, this, this is complex because sometimes people do need to get out of the house, right? Like if it's gone on too long. Um, but, um, you know, kind of early on, I think it's just really important. I think that presence is what's more important than anything. Like, I think a lot of people, when someone's grieving, they sometimes avoid them because they don't know what to say. Um, but what I've learned is it's it's not really about saying the right thing it's about actually being there with them and um one of my best friends we got the cancer diagnosis we were walking outside the hospital she was she was actually in the room when we got the cancer diagnosis and uh yeah and we were walking outside and both of us were just our heads were spinning sort of and neither one of us really knew what to say and she just put her arm around me you know and that spoke volumes about like um I'm here with you. I don't know what to say, but I'm here with you. And, um, and that, yeah, that's, I still remember that moment seven years later, uh, like it was yesterday. Um, so, um, I was going to mention too, um, there's some really great books on grief as well, back to like, um, if people don't have, you know, access to a counselor or other kinds of support. Um, David Kessler is one of the kind of, leading names in um, grief. And he actually worked with Elizabeth Ubaroffs, who I was talking about earlier. So he's, he's um, really accessible. There's also a book called It's Okay That You're Not Okay. Um, and it talks a lot about what I was, what I was just saying, like, um, grief is, grief is hard. Um, and we don't really want to feel it. We certainly don't want to lose our, you know, our people, our things that we'd love but it it happens and um this book just really goes into the fact that it's you know we don't have to have it all together we're not going to have it all together yeah um, I feel like that could be the title of your book yeah it's hard <laughs> grief is hard exactly yeah. so right. what's really cool is later when I do another live stream with you you're gonna have your book 
and we're going to discuss about your book and how the yeah this researcher jess talks about grief that'll be cool that'll be a cool thing all right so we kind of talked about this earlier when would you say if you had to put a timeline on it when would you say would be a good time to reach out to a professional like I know everybody's a little bit different. We've talked about grief is linear. There isn't really a timeline, but if, you know, we did one on postpartum depression. And so the statistics talk about typical postpartum things go on. The baby blues, you know, for a couple of days, maybe a week. Well, once it reaches further than a week, you know, two, three, four weeks, that's when you need to start looking into maybe getting some professional help. So as grief, being your main thing what would you say for people maybe this far out maybe looking to reaching out to somebody mm -hmm. and again this is sort of complicated but um first of all the the first year of you know after you lose somebody um it, it's just going to be hard um you know like um we lost my mom. She was, it was right before Thanksgiving. It was like a, a month before Thanksgiving. And so going into Thanksgiving and Christmas in 2014, it was, it was awful. And I was in the, like, I just was in this, just, I couldn't believe it. And she was our, you know, she did so much of the cooking and all that. She loved holidays and, and, and just, it was, it was just devastating to go straight into and that's part of why the fall and going into winter it's just like uh and um the holidays are hard uh the first holidays your birthday their birthday um you know if there are big events like a wedding planned or you know it's there's just so many things especially in the first year and i would say um, a lot of people are able to sort of navigate grief. Um, you know, they just know that it's going to be hard and stuff like that. And, and they just do it. And I wanted to say too, that meant that grief is not a mental illness. It's natural and normal. Um, so, um, you know, but then, like I was saying before, I think when we get to a place where, um, we just can't function, um, we don't want to go to work, um, or, you know, we've just isolated ourselves or, or we're even sometimes people lash out, like they may not be able to feel the sadness. And so it comes out in anger. So just, uh, um, just, just when it sort of turns into something that is really not themselves, you know, like I was grieving. Um, but I was still myself. I was just sort of a numbed version of myself. Um, but yeah, if I couldn't go to work, if I, if I'd been in a place where I couldn't go to work or, or I, you know, I didn't ever want to go out with my friends, which is very much not like me. Um, you know, that would be a time when I'd be like, I really need to go see somebody, you know? Yeah what so studying grief i imagine that's changed your perspective on life quite a bit and i know obviously going through grief yourself but studying grief so reading about it researching doing all of these things how has it changed your outlook on one life 
and two on grieving. So I like how you said grieving isn't a mental illness. And that's a lot of my live streams. Like you think like anxiety, depression, a lot of those things can not be a mental illness. They're just natural human reactions to things. And that's the point of this is kind of to beat the stigma and let people know it's okay to grieve. It's okay to have some anxiety. It's okay to have some, you know, uh, depression around certain things. Now, obviously there's a whole different aspect where it does go into the mental illness, but that's a whole different conversation, but it's healthy. These things are what we do as humans. So all that to say, how has studying and like putting your mind into grief changed your outlook on both grief and life? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think the probably the biggest thing that I've learned in, in studying grief is just that, just the complexities of it and the complexities of our emotions and, um, and that it is so, so normal. It's, I mean, we all go through it, right? There, not one of us is going to get out of this life without some, some losses and some of us with really, really significant losses. And, <clears throat> um, so I think that, yeah, the complexities of it, I've learned a lot about, you know, just different, different, uh, ways of, of looking at, uh, mourning and, like for instance um you know sometimes we sometimes people need to be able to like you know actually spend some time and kind of what we talk about like sit with those emotions you know just just really be sad or or angry or whatever but then also kind of that um on the other side of it just kind of uh making sure that we're taking care of our daily tasks and stuff like that, kind of getting, quote unquote, getting back to normal as much as we can. I don't think that there is a normal, but like just getting back to a sense of feeling grounded and, and all that. So that there's this interplay between allowing it and then also, you know, continuing to, to live. And, and I would say, yeah, the, the lesson I've learned, the biggest lesson I've learned, um, from loss and studying loss and and going through loss is that life is extremely short and we we need to really be living it to the fullest and you know my mom was only 66 when she died she was pretty young and um <clears throat> and you know it's about 17 years till I'm 66 and so if i only have that much time I want to fill that up with, with love and friendship and connection um, as much as possible and, and going after like these big goals that I have for myself. I, I, I just don't want to be at the end of my life and, 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 you know, on my deathbed going, why didn't I live? I, I just don't want to be there. You know? Yeah. I think that's kind of what it did for me. So grieving kind of shined the light on life, oddly enough. So it's really sad and you're grieving. But for me, it was a turn of events as far as I grieved. And then one day I was like, holy crap. It was almost like it slapped me with reality of what am I doing, wasting my time grieving and worrying and not to say that I won't still grieve and not to say that I don't still worry. I'm only human, but 
I mean, I took a nosedive into music after that thinking, I only have this one life. Like who cares if I can't pay my bills? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no. Um, but yeah, like if I love music and I was given this gift of not only a story to share, but music to play and these lyrics to write, I might as well share it, right? Like you only live once. Why be stuck behind a cupboard, a little cubicle at a work desk, you know, a work office. So that's kind of what it did for me too. All right. So um, if people are grieving or they feel they know somebody in this stage, what would you advise them to do right now? Like where could they turn? I know you kind of gave something earlier. So what are some places, some resources that they could use in that time? Mm -hmm. I think, uh, yeah, I think uh, if if they feel like they need to see a counselor, obviously, I think that counseling can really, really help. Um, but sometimes, again, people don't have the resources for that. And so, you know, um, the books that I mentioned, um, you know, doing your best to stay connected with, you know, people who love you and um and forgiving them if they don't say the right things <laughs> um and just uh you know just just realizing that you know you're again you're not alone like we all do grieve um you may be grieving at this moment but there's there are a lot of people um around you that have that have grieved or are grieving right now you know you're not alone right awesome jess it has been a pleasure chatting with you thank you so much for joining me so one i always say this um uh during my live streams like brene brown says it's not word for word but basically we're not here to be right we're here to get it right and so when we talk about grief although you're an expert and you're learning all of these things everybody grieves differently so what we say is not written in stone of course this is just our outlook and our experience so take it with a grain of salt take these strategies these things that we've told you and try them out maybe it can help you out but just remember that you're not alone that grieving is okay crying is okay but we got to get up and we got to keep living so jess thank you so so much for tuning in with me it's been a pleasure i've been looking forward to this one for a long time thanks so much thanks for having me on here yeah absolutely all right everybody that tuned on i hope y'all have a great evening and jess we'll have you back on when that book's written oh yeah all yes. right all right y'all have a good one take care bye, bye. If you enjoyed this conversation and are interested in becoming a sponsor, feel free to shoot me an email at townsendtmusic at hotmail.com or shoot me a message on any social media platform at townsendtmusic for more information. I would love for you to become a member to help spread awareness that you're not alone. If you're looking to buy or sell, I have the perfect realty company for you. Clark & Co. Realty is located in the Benton, Bryant, Arkansas area. And they understand that buying or selling a home is more than just a transaction. It's a life-changing experience. That's why their team of highly seasoned real estate professionals is dedicated to providing exceptional, personalized services for all their clients. They truly take great pride in the relationships they build, and they always work relentlessly on the client's behalf to help them achieve their perfect real estate goals. They always have the client in mind, and I can speak firsthand when I say 
how reliable, trustworthy, and quick they were. When I was looking to buy my first home, they were there with me every step of the way, answering every question I could think of. They showed me a great amount of knowledge and patience through the process. It's no wonder they've won so many awards for their outstanding services and their excellent relationships with clients. So if you're looking to buy or sell, there is no better option than Clark & Co Realty. Okay, here's the best advice you're gonna get today. If you're driving through Conway, Arkansas, swing by Cross Creek Sandwich Shop. Honestly, talking about this sandwich store is making my mouth water. My personal favorite's the turkey bacon wrap, and I can't leave without buying their homemade strawberry cookie. If you haven't tried these, you are missing out. Now they have all different options for sandwiches, wraps, salads, desserts, soups. So swing by, I promise you'll thank me. If you're looking for the perfect place to relax and unwind after a long day at work, you wanna grab a cold drink with a good friend, a good community, Lucky Lose is for you. It's located in Little Rock, Arkansas. It was founded by two friends sharing the same dream. They wanted to make a place where everyone would feel comfortable and accepted, dogs included. They wanted people to feel a little bit like they were back home. So grab a friend, grab a dog, or 12, and head over to Lucky Lou's, where you can make your own luck. <laughs>